Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Jen Maleka. Jen supports busy, health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so they can find the missing pieces of their health puzzle, actually fix what's wrong, and get back to feeling like themselves again. Using over a decade of personal training experience, trained in functional diagnostic nutrition and transformational coaching, she creates personalized health rebuilding programs for clients that are realistic and sustainable for long-lasting results, and that empowers clients to be the boss of their own health. So today we're talking about body betrayal with my friend Jen Maleka. We're going to dive into what it means, the different levels, and most importantly, what we can do about it. If you've struggled with your body for lots of reasons, your weight, illness, symptoms, and more, you're going to get so much out of this episode. Here we go. Okay, everybody, you are in for such a treat because not only are you about to learn the brilliance from my friend, Jen, but just think you know about, of course, we always talk about betrayal, but today we're talking about body betrayal and we are just taking betrayal to a whole other level with this. So just buckle up. Here we go. Hello, Jen. Hi, Debbie. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those topics that we do this. We're not even aware we do this, but tell us about it. That is the focus on our topic today. First of all, what is body betrayal? And then I want to get into your story a bit. Yeah, well, I think there's actually two different stages of body betrayal that for us to kind of like dive into today that I have, you know, kind of personally experienced and noticed. And then that I, in working with hundreds of clients, you know, have seen this with you know, them as well too. And I think that the world is kind of going through this in this big way, right? We're seeing this energetic shift happening in the world and, you know, people are wanting to like reclaim their lives and who they are. And like the relationship with our body is a a big part of that. So I think that, you know, the first stage that we go through is feeling like our body has betrayed us. So a lot of people who are experiencing you know, health issues, for example, like you kind of get into this mindset of my body is betraying me. Like no matter what I'm doing, I'm exercising, I'm eating right and quote unquote, doing all the things and I'm not getting the results that I want. When we have these scenarios that are happening, we feel as if the body is betraying us. And then I think what happens is when we get on the other side of that, when we start to recognize what's really going on and why we're running up against the wall, we can see then what's happening really is that we betrayed our bodies mm. in a lot of ways. So this is my personal experience was, you know, being coming up through the fitness industry, having a degree in kinesiology. I thought I knew there was everything to know about fitness and health and like losing weight. And back in the early 2000s, I was personal training and I was doing fitness competitions and and I had this experience like no matter what I did all the things that I learned in school that were taught to do that were conditioned to think about diet and exercise and all that I was not getting results and I was really mad at my body like I felt like it was betraying me and then I had all of these health issues that started to come up like skin cancer and seasonal allergies that would wipe me out for days on end. And I just felt like my body was betraying me. And then when I got on the other side of it, what I realized is that I was actually the betrayer. 
that I was sacrificing my health in pursuit of my career and perfectionism and expectations that I thought that I had to uphold. And that has been the pathway to feeling like myself again is actually forgiving myself and forgiving my body and moving through those different stages to come out on the other side of it and have a better relationship with my body, basically. And here's the thing. I think so many of us are so conditioned to just push our bodies so hard and look a certain way and try to just shift and change and manipulate our bodies to fit into some sort of you know, what it's supposed to be. And maybe this is true with men too, but I find this especially with women. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we're taught to not love and appreciate and respect our bodies. We're supposed to find the flaws. How many products cater to? Right. Exactly. I just got chills when you said that. And it made me think of, you know, there was a stage or a phase in my health journey where I had over the course of two years, like slowly put on 15 pounds Um, all of a sudden I started breaking out with cystic acne and like, I couldn't figure out why. And this was after I got into the world of functional medicine and lab testing and all the things that I do now. And the reasons or the answers were eluding me. I couldn't, I didn't know. And what was happening to me is like, exactly kind of what you're saying is that because of all of this conditioning expectations externally, every time I would look in the mirror, I was disgusted with myself. And I was like mentally beating myself up about it and like really upset with my body for what was happening, right? Like I felt like my body was betraying me. And then I finally got to the point I had a realization of of like, what if I never find the answer? What if this is just the new normal for me? What if this is just my future? Am I going to continue to like hate myself and beat myself up every single time I look at the mirror. Cause gosh, how many times a day do you look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth or your hair or whatever? And I was like, I can't go on living that way. That's not an option. So how can I learn to be able to look in the mirror and have an appreciation, find one little part that I love in that moment and start to recultivate the love for my body? Because I don't know what the future holds and if this is ever going to change. And I so want to get to the how, but it just, as you were saying that, it's like, I can remember times where I would critique and criticize my body. Let's say I was in my twenties and then I was in my thirties and I was like, what what in the world was I complaining about in my twenties here in my thirties? And then in my forties, you know, I was like, what was I complaining about in my thirties, you know, and then in my fifties and I'm like, what the heck was I complaining about in my forties? And it's so interesting that is, I'm not sure if it's because we're comparing ourselves to people around us or the messages that we're receiving, like, where is all this stuff coming from? Yeah, I think that it is the, it's a lot of what we have in technology and social media. I mean, I think this is so crazy right now. and. This is not a a knock on anybody that's doing this, but just think about this is is that in this moment when we're recording this podcast, AI technology and chat GPT is like exploding as a trend in this moment. Mm -hmm. And what I think is so fascinating is that people are, you can have AI generated headshots, right? Heard about that. (laughs) And so people are 
utilizing, they're like, you upload photos of yourself and it does an AI generated headshot of you, which basically resembles you. Like it looks 90% like you, but it's all polished and airbrushed looks and all this stuff. And that is what's going on in our society and our world today that starts to make us feel that is the way that we need to look. Mm. Right. And I mean, as women specifically, I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole of like Barbie and the expectations of being skinny and like the unrealistic ratios between the hips and the shoulders and the breasts and all the things. Exactly. It's been a conditioning that's been happening for a really long time. And at the same time, we're seeing a lot of movements, I think, around, you know, people like embracing their bodies, no matter what shape and size that they are. And I love that. And at the same time, I think that we have to have, we have to also acknowledge health and being healthy, Mm -hmm. right? Because there is a balance between trying to strive for the social standards of the abnormal, like the super skinny, right? Versus embracing any shape, size, or body if it's unhealthy. Like, you know, we have to acknowledge that a little bit, but I think that what's most important is that it brings it back home to you and finding that comfort and home in your body first and foremost. That's so important. And, you know, you brought up two very important things. The first is with the, let's say those AI shots, I mean, that just seems, that seems so scary to me because what happens if that's the image you're putting out and then are you supposed to live up to that? Like, what if then you meet with people in real life and they're like, wait a second, you don't look anything like that. Or even let's say if you're dating, right? And here's the picture you're putting out. It's such a setup for feeling bad, right? Because then it's like, wait a second, you know, you didn't look anything like that in the picture. And I will call myself on this because the other day I was doing a video and it was just not one of my best days. And I just saw like wrinkles on me. I hadn't seen in a long time. (laughs) You know, the kind of wrinkles where if you sleep really well, you don't see them, but when you don't, you see them. Okay. And so it was one of those days and I did the video and I was like, Ooh, should I post this? And I was like, just post it. And I did, but it was like, if I just insisted on airbrushing, whatever you even do, I don't even know. So that, you, you know, you don't look that way. It's really, to me, it's more uncomfortable because you will meet up with these people or have to face the fact that you don't truly look like that. That's a bigger issue, I would think, the feeling of rejection or like, ooh, that face of somebody saying, wait a second, that's not who you really were. So that to me is almost worse. I think it is. It's inauthentic. Yeah. I think this happens too. Like, you know, it's been happening for a while. It's like the little nuances of, you know, continuing to dye our hair as we get older because we don't want people to see the gray or people using headshots from 15, 10 years ago because they're older now. They don't, it's not relevant anymore. We're like, what are we hiding from? And I think that this is, you know, in the work that you do, what people are finding like through your programs is who they are authentically, Mm. right? And that includes like how you're showing up in the world, which ultimately impacts your health. Essentially. I think that is like in the journey that I've had is part of the reason that I, you know, experienced health problems and that I was battling with my body in this way is because 
I was not showing up authentically in the world. I wasn't really doing the work. I was trying to fit all these expectations of success and career and like climbing the corporate ladder. And we've been thinking that we should be doing instead of being authentically who I am. Let's talk about the other side of that, where it's this, we're supposed to just love and appreciate, you know, our bodies and all of that, but we're truly not healthy. So this could be a little bit of a sticky subject because let's say we're overweight and you know, we're unfit or whatever's going on. And yes, we're supposed to love and appreciate ourselves. But at what point is it like, okay, you love and appreciate yourself and you still want to be healthy. Can you sort of walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. I think that the love and appreciation is actually taking action in some of those areas, right? Is that we have to love ourselves so much that nothing else. We're not, we get to a point where we're not going to sacrifice ourselves anymore for unhealthy foods or not getting good sleep or not exercising. And that is like a lot of what I teach people in the work that we do is that, you know, every choice that you make is an opportunity to build health or break it down. And making in your choices are a show of love for yourself, right? And that's really important. That's really important because it's true. We may think, oh, this food, this, you know, or this binge or whatever is showing ourselves love. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I remember years ago when I used to teach health and weight loss and it was like, what are you really hungry for? And what would happen if you actually fed that? Yes, exactly. And I love that. Like when the cravings are popping up, like, for example, what are you avoiding? What are you trying to fill? How are you trying to distract yourself? And let's get curious mm. about that a little bit instead of beating ourselves up for the fact that it's happening, right? Right. Or giving in without contemplation to explore because our body is talking to us all of the time. And so this is part of, I think, rebuilding that relationship with the body is that, you know, there's so many ways that our body is talking to us all the time. It's the Everything from the little aches and pains to the cravings to our energy levels. It's like being able to tune into your body at any point in time to understand what it needs and giving it that. So taking a moment to pause and go, what am I experiencing right now? I am having cravings. Is it because I need to take a break from work at this moment? Maybe I need to do a meditation or I'm actually thirsty. I need some water. Let me do some water. Or am I truly hungry because I haven't eaten for X number of hours. So maybe I need to feed myself something, or is it because the meal that I just had, I ate it in a really stressed state while I was answering emails or in a meeting. And so I didn't totally absorb that food, digest it really well to feel satisfied in this moment. And so it's just getting curious about those things. And then we'll know when we're conscious and present, we can then learn how to navigate life differently. Because here's the thing that I love to say all the time. I was talking with some clients yesterday about this is that healthy is a way of being, not just doing. Because this is what happens. A lot of the clients that I work with, they're already quote unquote doing a lot of the healthy things. They're exercising, they're trying to eat healthy, they're taking supplements. Some of them are even meditating. But 
you can't out supplement, out diet, out exercise, out toxin removal, out meditate an overly like scheduled busy life where you're kind of like a maniac. And my friend Molly Hamill once gave a really wonderful example of this is how she used to operate, which is where she had to shift was like, it's the concept of the example of like rushing to get to yoga class (laughs) and then watching the clock the entire time you're there to rush out. So you're like, checking the box that you did to the thing. So you're doing the thing, but you're not actually being. You just explained me so well. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I am as authentic as possible. It's so true. I'm doing some, like sometimes I'll journal or I'll meditate so that I can say I did it. And there's no being present anywhere in that. So what's the point? What's the point? So, okay. So let's just say, because I'm always trying to get into the, the minds of our listeners, viewers. They're like, wow, she just nailed me. That's exactly who I am and what I've been doing. How does somebody, now that they've seen it, we can't unsee. So they see it. What do they start to do? How do they start to understand, you know, something I've been either punishing my body, neglecting, ignoring my needs, not honoring what it is I need. Now that the awareness is there, what do they start to do? Uh, well, I like to say they got to stop and shift. So we have to slow down. We have to slow down. There is no accomplishing this. If you are booked end to end, if there's no space to contemplate or get curious, it is a matter of slowing down. And as a super A type person who is a multi, you know, the master multitasker, all the things, this has been the biggest you know, probably area that I've had to work on the most to accomplish what I get to feel in my body now in the relationship that I have. And it is a constant art of work, Mm. basically, right? It's really easy to get swept up in this fast paced world. And so it's like looking at where can you start to create a little bit of spaciousness so that like, you know, your journaling thing, it's Mm. like, you're doing the thing probably because you're ready to move on to the next thing instead of having the spaciousness to sit in it and with it and to really be in it. But you were like, I just got to check the box and then on to the next thing, right? And I'll share on other episodes. I think I mentioned this. I think I chose journaling because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Which is also okay, right? I'm that way too. Like, I think we're kind of similar in this way. Like we like to feel the accomplishment, right? So you know, for me with meditation, for example, like the concept of when I started my meditation journey. Before we dive into today's episode, we have exciting news for our incredible audience. Brace yourselves for an empowering journey of healing and self-growth this September with our upcoming 21-day forgiveness journey. For 21 days, we'll be sharing insightful stories and powerful strategies to help you master the art of forgiveness. We get it. Forgiveness can be tough. But remember, it's the key to breaking free from the chains of resentment and pain. And it's just a word until you do it. So let's make it happen together. Make these 21 days some of the most transformative of your life. And let's turn forgiveness into a shared, uplifting journey. Sign up at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash forgiveness and grab your handy tracker that we'll be using daily. We're thrilled to take this journey with you. When I started my meditation journey, sitting still and meditating was absolutely agonizing. 
But what really resonated with me was Kundalini yoga, which is not so much yoga. It's more breath work meditation. And that was because you're actually physically active in it. So I felt like I accomplished something and it would distract my busy brain with the movements to get into my body through the breath work. I couldn't just sit still and do it necessarily. Right. So we do have to find the nuances for ourselves. And I bet you with your human design knowledge, there's probably something in human design that connects with that. Oh, there <laughs> totally is. And, and Jen's talking about human design, which is my absolute obsession. And I've been giving human design readings now, and it's incredible how uh, someone just even asked me a question like, I'm not sure this is my human design. And then she had all these questions. And even her line of questioning, I knew that her chart was absolutely correct because of her line of questioning. You talked about creating that space. And even before I hit record, I was saying how that space is something that is so important. But for someone like me, who's not who's used to filling the space, it can feel very odd and very uncomfortable. But everybody, if you think about it, where in the world do your best ideas come from? They come from like when you're in that space, you're just going about your business. You're in the shower. You're like on a walk. That's where the ideas come from. So it's, if you give yourself that space, that's where that presence and that focus and that sense of being grounded can show up. And there's so many benefits to that. So there's two things I want to, I thought about that I want to share. One is an example back to the concept of the space, like where can people start? So one of the first things that I have clients start with is something called my food and body language log. So this gets them to pause and to go inside and see how was my body responding to the food that I just ate. So they eat And then anywhere from like 30 minutes to two hours later, they check in with their body and they notate, like, what are the positive reactions that are happening? And what are maybe some of the negative reactions that are happening? Like, I feel anxious or I feel um, hungry still. And those negative reactions give input as to like how they can modify their meals, like their ratios of protein, carbs, and fats to get more positive outcomes that are going to essentially support the way that they want to be feeling all the time, right? So it's an exercise, like a practical exercise of the stop and shift. Let me stop, check in what's happening based on the feedback that I'm getting. I can like shift like the action that I'm taking basically. Mm -hmm. So that's a practical part of that. And how do we know though, if it's the food or if it was the environment or the conversation we just had, is there a way that we can tell, okay, it's the food that's not resonating or that is, and not that conversation I just had with that person. (laughs) Totally. So this is why I actually have people like do this particular exercise. They log six to 10 meals Mm -hmm. so that based on, let's say that first meal, they get feedback from their body about how they need to change the ratio of protein, carbs, and fats that they had in a meal. So now let's say they got feedback that they needed more protein. So the next meal that they have, they're going to bump up the protein and now they get to check back in with the body and see if there was a positive outcome, if there was a change. And the more that we do that, we can see like if we're doing this exercise repeatedly, we're going to get repeated outcomes and results that help us to know like, okay, the food is part of the equation. And to your point, there are external variables and stress is a big one of those. So one of the other things that I talk about with clients is the concept of 
stress and how it impacts your metabolism or your digestion, essentially. And so the next layer is like, you know, how do we de-stress so that we are minimizing the other variables to truly tune into the body? And maybe there's additional tweaks to our food based on having a more spacious environment sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So- and- Yeah. And as it relates to stress, because, you know, when it comes to betrayal, that is certainly very stressful. And at every level of our healing, it's going to come up. Here's where lab testing can be really helpful too. And we both are very familiar with functional diagnostic nutrition testing and stuff like that. Can you talk us through that? Like what we even can test for to see what's happening with our levels of stress and that sort of thing? Yeah. I love that you brought this up because This is probably like the motivation piece that comes in a lot. Like when somebody's feeling like, I don't know what's going on, like these specialty labs that we do can really open up our eyes to what's going on internally in the body, which gives us then insights and direction on how we can take better action, basically. And so for somebody like, you know, me and the work that I do, I work with busy health-minded professionals and they are not necessarily acknowledging the fact that they're stressed because they're high-performing people. They're like, I can handle it all. I can juggle a million balls and it's totally fine. So their perception of stress is not accurate to what's necessarily going on inside of their body. An adrenal stress test, we can do that through saliva or urine these days. It actually shows us the impact on the body over time that this constant place of busyness, always moving, always being like in this mild to moderate or high fight or flight stage is having a drastic impact on every other asset of the body. Basically, you know, it's creating hormone imbalances and digestive stuff and detoxification issues. And so that becomes a motivating tool. Those insights where my clients will go, Oh, my stuff's kind of messy. Like my cortisol balance or my adrenals, like it's giving them explanations for why they're feeling this way that then incentivizes them to take different action. And I think, you know, because it's internal, we don't see it, but it's almost like if you're, because we don't think, oh, hey, we really have to lay off the stress, internal, external stressors to alleviate some of these symptoms and start the healing process. And, you know, the image that comes to mind for me is like, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't be running on it, right? (laughs) You would just have it in a cast and crushes, whatever, and give yourself a break. But it's as if our adrenals are broken, you know, and struggling, and we're continuing that same level of stress and pressure, which doesn't give them an opportunity to heal. It's like that leg can't, it just can't do the healing if we are constantly putting the same stress and pressure on it. So let's say someone does some stress testing and they realize, oh my gosh, my adrenals have tanked and my cortisol is off the charts and you know things like that. What would be some ideas? Because I know when it comes to betrayal, adrenals are just a wreck. What can they do? Yeah. Well, I wish it was a simple answer, but the reality is that our body is complex network of all systems. So we've got like our adrenals, our hormones, which is the endocrine system. So our hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy, nervous system, all of it is interconnected basically. And so it's a process. It's not going to be restored overnight because it didn't happen overnight. And so, you know, the things that we want to do is we want to take a look at 
what are all the things, all the different types of stressors that are burdening the body? Because, you know, in the experience of betrayal, the actual mental emotional stress that happens is a big part of that, but there's also other contributors to stress. So I like to define that stress is anything that burdens the body in any kind of way that creates then inflammation and dysfunction. So it could be, for example, the foods that you're eating. If you're eating foods that are not right for your body or inflammatory foods, that is adding drops of stress into your bucket every single day. If you're not getting good quality sleep at the right times, according to your body's natural rhythm or circadian rhythm, that is stressing the body. If you are exercising at an intensity level that's not right for you because We've got some of these internal imbalances going on, or you're trying to push for results. That's added stress on the body. There's toxins in your environment. So it is like what to do is I always start with food because food is some of the low hanging fruit Mm -hmm. that really starts to get some quick wins right away when we can eliminate some of the inflammatory foods for somebody and like balance the right ratios of proteins and carbs and fats for them, that helps to start to create some internal synergy that's happening. You have more energy, you have more bandwidth to then maybe take care of yourself in different ways. And then sleep is the next thing that I focus on because sleep is when we recover and when we heal. Mm. And so we need to make sure that part is happening. And those two pieces together really start to pave a flat, clear path to being able to start to recover the body and tackle some of the other maybe things down the road. You know what I love about those two things? First of all, starting with food, and I get why you'd want to start with that. It's something tangible. It's a low-hanging fruit. But also, as it relates to betrayal, there it's as if so many things are out of our control. But what we eat and how we move may be the only things we have control over. So it's such a great thing to start with. And then you mentioned sleep. And sleep is so disrupted when we've been betrayed. We don't fall asleep. We don't stay asleep. We don't have that deep restorative sleep. And that's when the healing does happen. So that's really crucial. You know, it's interesting too, because you mentioned a few other things. And when I look at the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, some of the most common things are things that you mentioned, like you mentioned digestion. And I just remember one of the stats where, is it 45% of everyone who's been betrayed? And we've had over 95,000 people take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. 45% have a digestive issue. And that could be anything, Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis. So just in that stress is how it's impacting your digestion. I mean, it's huge. And then even if you're eating the best foods ever, you're not getting the benefit of all the nutrients from it. You're not digesting and absorbing. You also mentioned the immune system, which totally gets suppressed. Things you were normally resistant to, you're not. 47% of everyone betrayed has a weight issue. In the beginning, they can't hold food down. Maybe later on, they're using food for comfort. And then you mentioned hormones too. And I find this really interesting because I have seen so many people come into the PBT Institute with so much of so many hormone issues, imbalances, you know, going into early menopause, things like that. And I'm 100% certain it's because of the stress. Yeah. It is a symptom of our modern day world. Again, you know, like our ancestors did not have to deal with the things that we deal with on a daily basis. It's just become so common that we, you know, just make it, it's like normal, you know, people think that it's normal to stay up 
late and to sleep in or to eat certain foods or do certain things. And it's not necessarily in our best interest, right? So this is an opportunity to, I think that, you know, when you go through a circumstance of betrayal on any level, it's a great opportunity to go within and say, what do I need? You know, and because a lot of times I think what's happening and you could speak more to this too, is that the, some of the, how we've co-created a scenario of betrayals because we aren't standing up for our needs and communicating. And, you know, a lot of times when betrayal happens, we know that something has been wrong, like not right for a long time. We just didn't like love ourselves, you know, to stand up and say something or to walk away or whatever it is. Right. Yes, that's so true. So, okay. So someone sees, wow, I've been betraying my body. I have to start with food. Let me just start there because that's the lowest hanging fruit. I'm going to work on my sleep and then realize that stress is at the root of it. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? I want to make sure that everybody knows that you are unique and therefore your diet and the solutions for you are going to be too. Right. I think that this is where we have to start breaking free of some of the frameworks. We can use frameworks like, you know, if we talk about like a paleo diet, for example, it is a framework, but ultimately we need to personalize it for what we uniquely need, essentially. So it can be a great kickoff point, starting point, and then really like listening to your body and tuning in. Right. So it's that space, that concept of spaciousness. Again, it's not the doing, doing, it is the being essentially. And recognizing that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And so in order to have a different experience in life and in your body, you're probably going to have to learn how to navigate life a little bit differently. A process and it's not, it doesn't have to happen overnight, but even if you just start with one of the things that Jen said, I mean, think about it. If you just started with the food or you just started with the sleep and you just started chipping away at it, the body is speaking. And I guess that really the message that I'm getting from what you're saying is pay attention to what the body is trying to tell you. We're meant to be healthy and well. And if we're feeling you know, so exhausted or so burnt out or whatever, it's really essentially, are we running on that broken leg? Exactly. It could likely be what we're doing. Jen, where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? Yeah. I love connecting with people over on Instagram. It's like my favorite platform. And I share a lot of content on what we talked about today and so much more. So they can find me over there at Holistic Health Boss, Holistic with a W like Whole Foods. Basically, also, I blog about these topics that we've talked about over on my website, which is holistichealthboss.com. I'm happy to interact with people over there too. Shoot me some questions. And yeah, that's where I I primarily hang out for the most part. Thank you. And she knows what she's talking about, everybody, when it comes to being not just physically healthy, but the mental and emotional piece that goes with it. Jen is brilliant. So Jen, I want to thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for all you shared with us today. I know everyone got so much out of it. Oh, thanks for having me, Debbie. It was such a beautiful conversation. So it's a common scenario. We feel our bodies have betrayed us when we're doing all the right things and we feel our bodies isn't doing right by us. 
then in an effort to combat that, we betray our bodies and wind up sacrificing our health and well-being. The good news is we can correct this and Jen is so great at explaining how we got here and what we can do to help ourselves. So stay in touch with her by following her at holistichealthboss.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. When we love ourselves so much that we won't sacrifice ourselves anymore, we start building our health back and can begin to correct imbalances that have shown up, whether it's with our hormones, weight, immune system, digestion, and more. A great place to start is with our food and with our sleep. And as Jen reminds us, you are unique. So your solutions need to be unique too. Well, I'm thrilled to say we can run a few simple tests to see what's going on internally and provide lots of answers. If you've been exhausted, gaining weight, unable to sleep, if your digestion is off and so much more, let's find out where you're at so we can start the healing process and turn things around. Head over to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash stuck. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.